Yo, this is Goyama. You're listening to the Woke is Tokyo podcast, the Mega Late Show, 200 IQ version. Fusion. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you using the cannons of the microphone, but yeah. No, um, no, you're 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 doing great, stupid Thanks. stupid Kozo. <laughs> Thanks, Can I man. should I just call you June yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. have to call you stupid yeah. all the time? Even though I like that, like I said, man, I really like your name. Yeah, a lot of people get uncomfortable calling me stupid because I'll then switch to Kozo or June. Where do, where does it come from the name? I was trying to start Mixi and I was like, university college student, you know Mixi? It's like a old like it's like Japanese the yeah. Japanese Facebook, Facebook right? Like old version. I've heard of like, it. Yeah, I've never used it. I don't know. I feel I I think I had a bad day and I felt like I'm a dumb kid. I, so I just go ahead and stupid. Kozo is kit in Japanese, right? So Dude, kit. I, I always thought it's a dope name. Even if you don't know what Kozo means right. in English, it just sounds cool. I yeah. think Kozo is a cool word. Yeah. And I think like putting yeah, those thank two. Thank God things. I didn't turn it into stupid kit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's way doper as Kozo. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I Again, it's like one of my favorite fucking names out. And I'm, I'm a big fan of names. Like, um, I've talked about it so many times on a podcast, but like Planet Asia is a dope name for a rapper. Sky Zoo. There's just a variety. Bus mm-hmm. Driver is another one of my favorites. Yo, so. Bus Driver, I love. Bus Driver slow. He's not my, only top five just, for me. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Personal, person, not uh, any bullshit like towards objectivity, but like personally, he's top five for yeah, me. Yeah, me too. Probably I top think three of my favorites. For pure lyricists, I think like. Bus driver is, I think, bus driver and Prefuse seventy three was was the first kind of like super more abstract mm. uh, hip hop that made mm. me want to produce that kind of stuff. Yeah. Word, man, word. Actually, um, uh, let me introduce the podcast uh, really quick. Episode number one hundred and sixteen. We are with Stupid Kozo. He's our guest today. Japanese uh, DJ, yeah, music arranger of sorts. Uh, he was he uh, he was introduced to me through uh, our good buddy and former podcast guest host as well as guest uh, Submerse. Peace, fam. Hey yo, right, go back and check out the episodes with Submerse. He's been on three now, technically. Uh, an episode with him and Fitz Ambrose, another beat maker, one of my favorite people out here. Shout out to the God Fitz. Uh, he was a guest host on the episode with Marcus D, another one of my favorite people out here. Shout out to the God Marcus D. And also, he joined us on the Sound Cipher um, game that we played over Zoom uh, during the height of the lockdown for the coronavirus. And that's really fun. And I, did you win that? I did. Yeah, I, I you won. fucking won that. I don't know how I won that shit, but I did. I won. Yeah, I, I don't understand how uh, I lost that. I had some really <laughs> good picks, that John Jacob, John Jacob Jingleheimer joint. Yeah, that was good. I, I, I dropped the ball. Right there. But um, no, that's fun. Go back and listen to those and go back and listen to the recent episode, part one that came out with Stupid Kozo. We talk about video games. What else do we talk about? We talk about video games. We talk about um, understanding English and uh, communicating uh, some of the nuances of the hip hop culture and black experience to uh, Japanese people who can't speak English. What else did we get into? Uh, the history of Stupid Kozo. That's right. As well as... Oh, uh, Guilty Pleasures. Yep, Guilty Pleasures. Guilty Pleasure. And right before we started hitting record on this, we were talking about kind of uh, how rappers don't really sprinkle in as much comic book references. And now the younger rappers are using more Japanese uh, anime references which is kind of strange right like a 
I, I listened to this cat who's a new rapper. He's a young kid. I think he's a, a skater from New York, black kid. And his name is Akai Solo, right? And he has like a lot of his aesthetic is like Japanese kanji. He has an album called Like Hajime. And it's just like, oh, like, wh what is your relationship to Japanese culture? And I think, I, I don't know for certain, and I really do like him, but I think he just likes the shit. Yeah, dude. It's, it's more popular now than than comic books because dude. comic books are pop. Yeah, dude. Lo-fi hip-hop, the aesthetic for so many of those artists is Japan and uh, like Japanese-themed things right. from like anime, you know, you you know these channels yeah, these yeah. youtube channels and stuff it's yeah, like uh Jibri. yeah dude mm -hmm. that's it, what young kids love like i mean i see it in my young cousins like they're they're watching and i was super by coincidence your phone background right now is the guyver which Giver. is the first ever anime i ever saw i Dope. got that shit from blockbuster on vhs because my dad thought it was just a kid's cartoon mm -hmm. Nah, those hyperzoanoids were fucking shit up hell yeah, yeah. dude like but th that was kind of unique yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as accepted or, or as big as it is now. Anime is fucking I'm, huge in the West. Yeah, now. I'm like, glad you noticed that Giver background. Uh, are, do you know about the Giver? See, this is the thing, Supercozo. Apparently, and you might know this, Summers. Apparently, the Giver was not popular out here yep. at all. I've gone to so many hard offs looking for like the you know how they have the big manga sets where you can buy like you know like for Mon you can yep. buy like twenty books. I, I've never seen a single Giver manga out here. Oh, yeah, me There's too. There's two American movies yep. about like live action, and the first one got Luke Skywalker in it. It does. It got Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill yeah, yeah, yeah. in it, right? And the second one has David uh, Hayda, right. who is also the voice of Solid Snake. Right, exactly. And the second one's a great movie. I love it. The, the second one is super dope. Yeah. When he jumps off of the cliff and says Giver, and it's like a parachute, and it comes down. Yo, you need to watch these, <laughs> Tubacoso. But I, I, I love the Giver, and the anime was was dope too but yep. it's not popular out here. they even remade the anime they updated it and and, and finished it i oh, don't know no if you shit. saw this maybe not so they had the original guyver series and then they re-released it i think it was in 2003 2004 mm. they redid the animations and updated everything and it was basically like a remaster okay yeah i yeah. think in japanese it's just called gaiva yeah but like <clears throat> a bunch of these shows were like typical 90s Japanese anime though mm. just like it was pure masculinity buff dude yeah. shock value and yeah. like gore and violence yeah. dude it was the same in yeah. comic books yeah. you remember this was like the 90s was yeah. like the era of like spawn and cable edgy and like dark edgy shit. dark lobo shit. Yeah, and this is the exact same in like anime. Like anime was like really edgy in like the '90s, and this was like a prime kind of product of that stuff. Yeah. This was almost like the live action stuff is almost like Power Rangers. Yeah. It's like Drew Ranger with yeah. the, the with the the guys in monster suits. Right. The live action shit, but it, dude, it's so fucking yeah. cool, man. Except, I, like, except it like unlike the Power Rangers, like when an arm gets cut off, there's like the blood sprays, yeah. like fires out, like it's coming out of a hose. Yeah, just yeah. like. Yeah, it just fucking fires off. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to see um, so many people using Japanese icon like iconic. What is it? I iconophy like iconic. I was I can't even say the word yeah, right yeah. now. But it's like they're using this a Japanese symbolism for their art as an aesthetic, like uh, 
what is it chill wave does it um vapor wave vapor wave is does it yeah and and i don't know being out here it seems kind of corny but also (laughs) i am i'm a guy that had like a super dry backpack which super dries from the uk yep they don't have a store out here they don't even sell it out here because it's just wrong like the kanji on the bags is wrong my wife we go into super dry every time we're in the uk so my wife can see their new stuff because it's really funny have you have you ever seen this company no so it's like i I, I saw someone rocking jacket yeah Yeah. dude they uh they had t-shirts for a while that were like super popular and all the bros in the uk wanted them and they just said osaka on the back but the they're famous because they're everything they do is like Japanese, and everyone thinks they're a Japanese clothing brand. That's their entire brand. fucking aesthetic. Exactly, everything has at least some kanji or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> but every single thing is wrong. Like yeah. the kanji is like wrong. Like yeah. it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's kind of fucking gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of yeah. gross. It's like extreme like misappropriation, and, yeah. and they're basically making money off like something that they've not even bothered to hire someone yeah. to check that it's okay. it'd be simple shit like you know how in japanese for for katakana they have the the hyphen that draws out the sound and shit right and when they have the the text going you know from top down like traditional japanese style the fucking hyphen is turned the wrong direction and yeah. shit you know what i mean it's just simple like easy to catch it's the same way that japanese translations fuck up english translations sure. at, at restaurants but this is a company that is not trying to explain something and translate something they're literally just trying to market themselves as a japanese yeah, fucking sure. business what uh what do you what do you think like when i came to japan and I, especially when vaporwave got really big i would ask japanese friends like yo what do you think of this shit because i think this is like super corny like especially yeah. when it's like kids online who are like they have these uh soundcloud profiles and it's like i live in like tokyo and i'm like everything is just the aesthetic is mm. just completely some neo Tokyo shit, but they're some kid from Sweden or something. Do you think that shit's corny? Yeah, I th- felt that was corny for a while, but there, there's so many of it right now, so I stopped like caring about there's it. There's only so much time <laughs> in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't hate on everything. Also, well, I mean, you also, I think uh, I feel like uh, those like uh, using the straight Google translated Japanese became thing uh, became like uh, reverse imported from foreign mm-hmm. to japan so yeah. I, I see younger generations we were in like japanese wearing some like wrongly translated japanese oh, yeah. t-shirt and then there's those kind of t-shirts is in zara or h&m oh, and did i've asked people about like uh the the track lists for some of these vaporwave albums um who are japanese and they're like oh it's all wrong but it's kind of cool mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah i think like it past the coney point at this point and then became some kind of like isn't that how it always happens yeah it's like uh the um the ironic enjoyment of it actually becomes like a genuine enjoyment of things until like the copy of the ironic shit is just like the real thing now that's weird i don't know let's get back to to talking about fucking music what were we talking about earlier oh we were talking about um weirdo rap shit well yep. first I, I should say like today we have a topic um we were, were since it's the rainy season and the weather hasn't been so sunny we we're going to play a song that kind of just simply reminded us of something rainy like a rainy day or something like that and um earlier i guess let's let's do that first and then afterwards we'll each share a song that we just kind of fucking like because um 
my track actually relates to what you were saying earlier. I think it was recording when we were talking about bus driver and in, in, uh, prefuse, right? Yeah. We were recording. So my, I'll, I'll start with my rainy day track. And my rainy day track is actually featuring um, bus driver. And it is produced by Daedalus. And so I, I, I think, um, here, I'll play the instrumental before, before I start playing the song. But around this era, maybe like 2003, there was this new resurgence of kind of experimental hip-hop beat making that was kind of fronted by Prefuse, um, Daedalus. Who else was doing this shit back then? Like fucking... Um, it, it was more like uh, this this approach to electronic music that was similar enough to like hip hop from the backs of like pre uh, uh like uh from the back of like dj shadow right because yeah. dj shadow we considered him like people considered him like trip hop or something not necessarily hip hop but out of that kind of progressive progression in beat making we got rjd2 daedalus um the guys like boards of canada were making this shit uh prefuse matmos machine drum and everybody was just like yo what the fuck is this is this hip-hop music yep. i remember a lot of people were calling it idm yep they were and, and not edm because edm was very formulaic bpm drum patterns yep. and and types of progression and and melody and and you know whatever drops and this shit from one beat to the other, yep. you'd have a different approach to the drums. Sure. Like there'd be like a jazz, like, you know, s soft drumming on one. The other one would be the amen break. And it was yep. just a variety of different things. Right. Yeah. This was a strange time. This was pre kind of L.A. beat scene movement, yeah. which was more like hip hop orientated. But I love this era. Like, yeah, artists like um, AIM. I really loved AIM. Mm -hmm. uh, he was some UK cat. And um he was very like pre-fusey. It was like, it was a really hybrid mix of, of like organic like drums and like soul, but then like the electronic, the electronica influence was yeah. like more prominent than it was when say like Flylo came out. Mm -hmm. it, w it wasn't so much like the uh, the super off kilter like mm -hmm. like like drums. It was it was more traditional drum sampling like boom bap drums but mm -hmm. with that electronicness like i love that era yeah. that was a real although i gotta say idm is the worst name for a genre I, of all time it is one of the most pretentious I names i fucking hate it dude i mean it's right up there with like jazz hop yeah oh uh, you know but idm <laughs> is just more pretentious because instead of it being electronic dance music it's intelligent dance music which is so fucking like pretentious yeah, right right uh, and i i think that one of the reasons it was called intelligence dance music because it wasn't necessarily for dancing your body it was more like sitting down with headphones yeah, on right. and like listening to this like 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 a hip-hop that is not for bobbing your head but keeping your head still to listen to the lyrics sure. or some shit, right but the, the era uh, uh, of that was was great like the first two or three prefuse albums incredible and 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 my choice for this rainy day track is a hip hop album that Daedalus did with Bus Driver and Radio Inactive. Radio Inactive is another one of the Southern California out of the Good Life Cafe Project Blowed style of improv and also uh, unique styling. Uh, this picture here on my wall is for the Japanese release of Pyramidi 
from Radio Inactive, and my buddy Keen, who's been on the podcast and lives out here, did that. But Radio Inactive is a fucking weird guy. And this is uh, this song that I'm going to play that reminds me of Rainy Day Weather uh, is called um, Carl Weathers off of the Weather album, which is all the tracks produced by Daedalus with Bus Driver as a rapper and uh, Radio Inactive as a rapper. So, yeah, let me let me uh, pull that up. And you'll hear it's fucking it's intentionally strange and they have these weird strange bars too so but listen to this Daedalus production it's very interesting listen to those punchy drums it's a weird drum pattern for rapping especially at the time just such a wildly experimental time not just in like rap style approaches but in production approaches and i kind of feel like this is the prime period for daedalus right around this time like uh invention comes out also of snowdonia is the album that comes out right off the back of this and of snowdonia has oh man like there's so many unique tracks on there if you were to play it for somebody, you would think that they were each coming from different genres and different producers because it's so wildly varied. But there's this through line of kind of Daedalus in it, in this through line of almost like jazz music theory in, in his shit. And so like, this is a very, um, this is not one of my favorite tracks off of the weather, but it is, um, they do say partially cloudy with an increased chance of rain. And as I was thinking about rainy days, this is the one that came up. But man, there's so many fucking just ill joints on this. Like, listen to the production on this. It, this is him intentionally making like more rap shit to rap to. But let's move a little closer and see what wonderful surprises. But I've never heard rap beats like this ever again. Are you comfortable? Good. We have a very special visitor. We're going to play games with the weather. Yay! Good morning, everybody. Hi. Would you it's like supposed to, to be like such a fun kind of yeah! playful album, Good. and the rapping is weird shit. When I point 
to you, say your first name to me. First name, first name, first name to me. When I point to you, say your first name to me. Then Have either of you heard this before? No? No. I recommend it on a summer day. I'm pointing to you. My name is Tucker before Spunkmar. Don't go putty nar. No, it's my hair gray. And it's your name. And you got pearl droppings. So you sun visor from an air raid. All five monkeys would have a brother. Dress was weather. I have a wet umbrella. It's a purple saw in the sand. So guess what? It is us. And when you are in the weather, you're covered in tar and chicken feathers. And it's orange cones around my bed. Because I'll be manufacturing jeans. So you'll put them with your ice cream machine. And I'll settle the people who get a dupe in the medicine. Rubber the rubber traffic. I used to think I was named after a star cluster. But it turns out it was a bumper sticker on a car bumper. And I'm sure reference, not the pure essence, that's what I'm asking, your suggestions for a new one, you can name me after the effect of a woman cushion or a teenager who's butt cookie cooking, or I know, I'll buy one, and when I rob this bank of America branch, with a finger book of the book, I get out these pair of pants, go to the space of Paris, France, and I live on a yoga farm and join the many hippie caravans, but don't sell me finger fingers from a centerfold to be my Ella Roach Patel that's rent controlled. Yeah. And Bus Driver's so weird and quirky that, you know, he styles with a different verse style on everything he touches. So, yeah, it's, it's fucking ill. Dude, the production's crazy, too. Right? You it's hear almost the, like the drum variations and yeah, shit? Yeah, dude. And the, the synths almost sound like trance music or like some, like, Euro beat stuff. I think, like, that was the magical thing about this era of production is it brought so many people together. Yeah. I remember, like, bonding over, like, the love of, like, Prefuse and bus driver from friends who only used to DJ breaks, uh, like breaks and break beats. Yeah. And at the time, I was pretty much playing like jungle drum and bass and like garage stuff and more electronic UK dance music. But this kind of like genre brought a lot of people together, especially the uh, yeah, Daedalus and Prefuse. Prefuse's Read the Books EP, yeah, pretty much made me want to make stuff that was unconventional. Yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal album. I don't know if you heard that one, um, June, but uh, the books is also an incredible fucking group of two two people, yeah, that were making these beats that were like you would listen to and be like, yo, like. Is this hip hop in the same way that DJ Shadow is hip hop, yeah. or is it something else? Because it wasn't trance, it wasn't no. jungle or drum and bass or uh, uh, electronica in that like in those f- kind of five different typical genres of it. This is before even dubstep, right? This was you know just before dubstep. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, all of these cats were kind of the the formulation of what would become the LA beat scene yep. and what would become beat music, I think. And Daedalus was just like one of the fucking illest cats doing it. And he does have a, a, a jazz background. Um, but you know, if I could, if I could just play one more, one more song from, uh, around this era, just to kind of highlight the difference. Well, he would have something like this, right? Something bells, which is very much more conventional, right? It's like the Charlie's Angels theme or some shit, right? But then he would also have something like this joint, like, was waiting. And and just, like, listen to those drums, right? And the kind of weird syncopation that happens with these multiple samples. Like, what are those fucking drums? Like, it's not hip-hop, right? 
This is before fucking donuts. You know, this is before Dilla and yeah, it's weird how this. I, I'm not sure how this track works, but I remember listening to Dilla and thinking, how is he timing the unique kind of uh, droppings of this sample coming in at a weird time, like in a weird count? And Daedalus was doing that type of shit too, from a less punctuated hip hop perspective. But you listen to this, and I can count maybe like seven different samples that are coming in and out at. You can't time it, but there's this kind of like jazz crescendo uh, that happens at different times in track. It's just a really incredible time uh, for production that I think is often overlooked and completely unknown to a lot of people who are making music within the genre nowadays. Yeah, hell yeah. I think I was really lucky. I think like this genre was, was at its peak in my first year of college. And... I luckily met a bunch of people who were there who who were hip to to some of this stuff. And Daedalus's new shit is pretty good too, but you know it's 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 more dancey now. Yep. But it's still like, how do you dance to this? Like, what? This is not any of the EDM genres. It's also not like beat scene, you know. But like, what is this? I don't know, and I kind of appreciate that about guys. Like, what is what is this? Like, what genre is this? I have no idea. Dude, it's like But a, it's fucking fire. Yeah, it's fire. It's it's a... It's almost like a house footwork juke. Hybrid. Like hybrid. A, like a fucking golem. Like distorted, a... Distorted, yeah. like... I'm glad I got to have a little love fest about data listen this era because i fucking you know we're a hip-hop we're, we're we're a hip-hop culture type of podcast but like i don't get to go on most people don't know about this shit i think it's yeah. a cool bridge man between yeah. between actual hip-hop and, and, and more electronic stuff why don't i get you guys plugged in so uh you guys can share you guys got iphones or regular joints iphones all right here's an iphone adapter whoever wants to go first with the rainy day joint and I'll come down a little bit on this so we can uh, collect our thoughts. All right, let me know when you... Um, yeah, let me know when you want to come in. Okay, two seconds. Yeah, take your time. I'll insert a marker to change it up. It's a uh, a rainy day track was kind of hard to to think of because there's there's tracks that I know that specifically mention the rain right. or rainy days or in the title or something yeah like. right or like um you know there's a, there's a bunch of tracks from video games that play during rain scenes especially from Persona <laughs> right <laughs> but um the track for me is uh. I was going to a theme park in uh, the UK when I was a kid. This was in the late 90s. And it's from, it's The Roots. It's from oh. Things Fall Apart. Oh, and I just gotten that album. And it was 99, so I think I was 12 years old, 13 years old. And it's the only CD I have on, on a two-hour car journey. 
So mm. I just listened to this album back to back to back to back in the rain, just like praying for the rain to stop when we get to this theme park. Uh, you want to come in with it? I, I'm, I'm just trying to decide okay. exactly which, which which is that one. Oh, track. man. Like I mean, there's so many. There's a, what is it? The Double Trouble joint on there. Yeah. There's fucking, That's um, I Still Love Her is on there, which is like yep. a beautiful <clears throat> kind of solemn track. Um, fucking 100% Dundee is on there, right? Yep. There's so many. That's my favorite Roots album. Do me too. Yeah. I, I, like easily. Even the intro. I was just talking about that intro with, with somebody like, uh, maybe, maybe like a week, like a, f- just recently, like two months ago, maybe I was talking about how that intro is so dope. The, uh, sample that they took from Denzel and Wesley Snipes and Mo yep. Better Blues about like. That's bullshit. If you play the music they like, they will come. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, shit is dude. dope, man. Dude, I think it has to be Double Trouble. I think, like, that. I don't know what that sample or whatever is in Double Trouble true, but it always reminds me of, like, a, like a cheesy theme park haunted house, like, vocal stabs. Huh. You know the bum? bum yeah. Bum. Yeah. Yo, um, that is a. This one of those tracks. Like, if I play like a hip hop event, yep. I never heard any play d- body play that, but I've played that, and okay. that's such a fire dope yeah, track dude, to same. play at a hip hop event. I've never heard anyone play any tracks from this album except for uh, the Erica Badu, yeah, Jill Scott. You got drummer. me right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's I, I it. I've heard that, but yeah, no one. It, and speaking, if we can go back to us talking about electronica genres incorporating with hip hop, the drum and bass uh, breakdown at the end of uh, "You Got Me," you, you right? Got me yeah. is, is that was one of the first times I've ever heard drum and bass associated that closely with hip hop that wasn't from LTJ Bookham and MC Conrad or some shit Yo, in the UK, right? Exactly. Word and being aware of jungle and stuff before I ever heard this album. And then hearing that breakdown was, was like, like yeah, yo, this is, this is this is this is what's up. Yeah. I was a b-boy back then, so fucking I was listening to drum and bass and jungle, and there was uh, collaborations between like Freestyle Fellowship and um, DJ Hive back in the day that were like these fucking hip hop yeah, jungle yeah. uh, drum and bass joints. But yeah, it's, you, you can bring it. Put dude, it, it on. This is want. this is super interesting because I've recently rediscovered a love for jungle through. Stupid Kozo's okay. jungle edits, mm. which has made me make an entire jungle EP, oh. which I've just no finished shit. during this lockdown, which I'm trying to release. Are you going to play one of those tracks on this podcast right now today? I mean, I can. Please. I fucking, <laughs> I, you didn't know I was a huge fan of jungle, but I fucking very much am. Dude, I, I, yeah, I, I would mean, love I, to hear, even if it's, even if we don't play it on air, which I think we should, I just would like to hear that. I'm dude, excited for that. I have a rough mix that I can play. Um, yeah. But yeah. Th- but play, I mean, play the, the, the rain joint first. Okay. Thank you for that, Super Kozo. Put him on to some more jungle. Get him on that shit. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. This track is so fucking ill. <laughs> Uh, uh, also, this is prime most deaf. By the yep. way, this is back when most deaf was like, I, I want to say he was considered the face of hip hop, like the real face of hip hop. Like there was the al- he was the alternative to the pop shit and kind of the figurehead, so to speak. Uh, 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 
I feel like this is the album where the roots get it right too. That balance between live instrumentation, sampling that live instrumentation. This is it sounds so fucking lush too and full this was a good time for that whole group of artists that were associated with the roots black thought feral monch and that that like uh i mean uh feral monch's joint would drop right after this yeah and what else uh like water for chocolate had dropped the year before than that then right or what is it this is 2000 or 99 99 99 so 2000 uh like water for chocolate drops it was just a really good time for artists in that lane time for solo koreans right yeah I mean, listen to this shit. Like, this is this is the type of shit that made me really think like real hip hop would defeat like pop rap and it would mm-hmm. become like the dominant force in in hip hop music. I mean, it it never did, but you know, we still got all these beautiful fucking tracks. Like, whatever happened to Dice Raw? He's all over this with some really good dope verses, but he's like not on any of the Roots projects anymore, yeah. right? Also, this is like some real, real hip hop, like two MCs, one DJ type of shit. Like, I think this there was something really magical about this, like late '90s to early 2000s, in terms of the speed of progression of like the more abstract. I feel like maybe like late '80s, '90s hip hop was predominantly unchanged compared to the speed things went from 99 to like 2005 mm. in terms yeah. of like the underground hip hop shit. Yeah. Most Def uh, Black on Both Sides came out after this, right? Mm. It, it, they came out pretty close like yeah. within a year time, but it came out after, right? And most Def's album was a variety of different sounds. He's got the rock and roll track on yep. there. It starts with like the Fella Cootie sample. It's got uh, a, just a variety. Uh, Umi said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Umi says? Is that it or says? says? Okay. I mean, it's, it's yeah. It was such an experimental time Hell yeah. without really getting too uh, away from conventional hip hop sounds, right. I suppose you could say. Dude, I feel like that this record most deaths record all the records around this time super good time for record covers like the, oh, the yeah. artwork yo i mean this this album cover is great uh like water for chocolate's great that most deaf cover of black on both sides where it's yep. just his face i used to just stare at that and be yeah. like that's what you do like i mean <laughs> i understand what nas did you know what i mean of him yeah. is just like a kid but like 
That's it. Like it, it was just so so dope, man. Yeah, man. I liked it. I liked it. This was just before the era of like we're gonna cover, we're gonna fill our album covers with like a thousand different things. You know, like the uh, the like No Limit Records mm. level of shit where they're gonna, we're gonna put yeah. fucking tanks and then tigers yeah. and then everything like. is going to be <laughs> like what pen and pixel with the fucking jewels and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You remember the the uh, the Pharaoh Monch cover of him like half submerged in the water and it, uh, it's like fire around him or some shit. It, what was it called? Internal Affairs. Yeah, Internal Affairs. That's also got that joint with Buster Rhymes on there. Uh, the Buster Rhymes joint, criminally underrated. You barely hear it, but that's like one of those. <laughs> that's like an MOP style, like yeah, really dude. turn the party your shit up, right? Yeah, this is great, man. That was a great choice, and and that's also one of the dope things about like the. Uh, the rainy day choice it's like usually when you think about rainy day music it kind of in my opinion or into my thoughts of it is that it it's kind of like a a sad type of music at times right? sure yeah, yeah, yeah but it's also one of the conscious reasons i made like i was like okay like rainy day music doesn't always have to be sad let me play yeah, yeah the weather exactly, and so right? that's a good yeah i and, and that's kind of why i wanted to frame it that way like what do you think about like when rainy day music comes up like what are you thinking so uh, i'm ready to come in whenever you are cool i was uh it's hard pick one track no it, it's a very wide <laughs> rainy day music yeah there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot i was gonna pick from like water for chocolate oh that's i mean you can't go wrong with that yeah oh i'm ready whenever you are um do you want to play some background music while you get it? Uh, I decided. Okay. This is uh, Cold Nights and Rainy Days by the last electroacoustic space. Uh, the last electroacoustic space jazz and percussion ensemble, which is uh, a Madlib project, I think. Oh. But Rainy Day music. This is like what I expect Rainy Day music to sound like, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. This is some like oh let me look out the window like the the chill hip hop girl. Whenever you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Okay, let's go. Boom, bust it. Hey. Tell us who this is. Uh, this is uh, Erica Badu, Window Seat, album from a New America Part Two, Return of the Anka. Yeah, I can read it. Yeah, that's uh the Ankh. Ankh, yeah. This is uh this is like a first album that I actually uh, listened to a sort of release of Eric Badu album on time. Mm. I was a huge Eric Badu fan, but I was catching up when I was younger. Like I got obsessed with those old Korean sounds, and uh, been listening to a lot of, like like Waterfall Chocolate, Eric Badu and blow my mind my mm. mind by DeAngelo's Voodoo mm. all the time I was very passionate for this like a neo soul sound and uh, yeah this when this album came out this is like a theme song of my me like playing this song when it's raining and wishing that taking flight to somewhere mm-hmm. that's yeah, what's this up this is man. dope yeah. is this the yo is it New America Part 2 that has the healer on it with the uh, the Dilla or the Madlib yeah. beat with Dilla 
That's yeah. enough. I lost when we played uh, uh, the Sound Cipher. Yeah. I was disqualified from that round because Late <laughs> hyped me up. He's like, "I'll just play that," and she's not from New York. She's yeah. from fucking Dallas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, but that's like one of my favorite Badu um, joints. Yes. This might be like. I wouldn't say I don't think this is the first Erica Badu album that I copped like right when it came out, but maybe, maybe I'm in the same seat as you with that. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this awesome. is the dope though. Yeah, good choice, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Do you feel like I know you're super active in new music and being a DJ, always mm-hmm. buying new stuff? Mm-hmm. But when you think back to some older records from mm-hmm. like I don't know, like hip hop and stuff, do you do you go back more to the neo soul stuff rather than like the straight hip hop stuff I tend to go back to more neo soul stuff yeah definitely I do I, I think I I bounce back between the two but um That's, yeah, yeah. When, when you're constantly looking for new music sometimes you don't feel like you have the time to go back and listen to something old yeah and so I think when you do, you make sure that it's something that's still really special to you. Mm, yeah. And I think like albums like D'Angelo or, or someone like timeless classic yeah. albums for me that I would go back to. There's great records that I love from like the 90s that I loved at the time that I don't necessarily go back to all the time. Word. Um, and I guess that's th- that really shows what is timeless to you. Is the, is the stuff that yeah. when you do have that spare time that you select to go back to? Yeah, I, I one thing that be, I guess because I do the podcast all the time, like I'm constantly checking for like 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, like these kind of milestone type of years. Uh, and because it's like the year 2000 at this time, which is when I was in my 11th grade year of high school um, and, and 12th grade year of high school, like I go back and check out like what, what was coming out this year. And it's like, you know supreme clientele and and all of those albums come to my mind very quickly but there's also quite a few that i just forgot came out that year that are very special and dear to me like fucking um black alicious nia came out that year uh dilated people's um the platform came out that year and man um not all of it it aged as well as like this type of shit but i mean it still has a special place in my heart for nostalgia's sake yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, that's another thing, too. Some things didn't age as well. I mean, speaking of, like, Water for Chocolate, man, there's some tracks on there where, like, Common is, like, really homophobic with the lines, like, straight up. And um, I understand people are allowed to grow and change, and that was a more common sentiment in hip-hop back then. But it's a little rough when you're like, oh, man, this is so soulful and yeah. and uplifting of, you know, these ideas of uplifting and revolution and, 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 you know, really making strides as a people. And then it's just like, you gay as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, this is why you gay. And it's like, oh, shit, like, calm down. Yeah. Common, like, you really just call somebody the F word. Like, the one that's anti-gay. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, I don't think I had those type of thoughts back then, but I also... I also didn't like tell somebody like, yo, don't say that. Like, that's kind of a corny thing to do. That's a terrible thing to do, which is something I would do now. Like, yo, calm down. You know what I mean? But, but back then I was just like, oh word. I mean, that verse was good despite that line. Yeah, sure. Let me come in with some more, some more beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. 
Oh, thanks. Oh, no, we're still going to do some more shares, so you guys yeah. can keep that over there. Um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I guess we share some some new music that we've been listening to. I'm wondering what type of shit that I should share. Uh, what have you guys been listening to lately? Any new shit? Yeah, mostly new raps and the new arm. Uh, there's uh, so many. Uh, there's Bandcamp Day going on. Oh, so right. It's on Bandcamp on the every first every month so i've been copying a lot of uh house electronic funk so and some are some are jungles and stuff did you guys grab uh aaron's new album aaron's new album is fucking great you guys haven't heard it yeah go back and listen to the episode but i've played it at like a couple man his his new album is super super dope um Mm -hmm. raw denshi you know he's so fucking talented as a composer. Yeah, he like, is. This man. is a really kind of nuts synthesis between hip hop and jazz music. Like it'll be yep. a rap track, and then there'll just be like a fucking piano solo in the middle of it, which is fucking absurd. But he makes it work so good. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of my favorite albums this year. Man, it, it's been hard, like you were saying about the uh, Bandcamp Day, to keep up with new music recently. Yeah, because people are releasing a lot of stuff, and. Uh, Especially during this, these times of lockdown and, and mm. that stuff, people are releasing everything and Bandcamp and doing their thing to give away money to to artists Ours. so they can keep a hundred percent. So everyone's trying to drop all these tracks. Right. My feed was so my email. You get that notification yeah. right every time someone releases a new Bandcamp. I had that many emails. I must have missed like yeah. Yeah. fifty, a hundred releases that I probably would would have bought. I'm usually pretty up on like following artists that I like and checking out for their new music, but I haven't mm. been doing that as much this year. Um, I guess uh, a new track from Black Thought just came out since we're talking about mm. them quite a bit. I might as well play that. It's called Thought vs. Everybody. Well, let's try that for me. A few moments, we will hear from the most powerful black man in America today. Everybody. I don't think you heard yeah. The most powerful black man in the world. Hey, yeah, they ask why I seem so solemn on a throne between three stone columns. You know the name, fucking up the game, no condoms. Everybody goddamn first world problem. The truth is inconvenient as non-believers. Fearing doctor dreamers instead of FEMA. Bentley Benzer, Abima, Fiji, Aquafina. We fuck around and be the next Iwo Jima. The tides rising at the same time like they synchronize. For making art, for making love, for making highs. The home is where the hatred lies. They taking lives. I'm wondering who uh, produces. Sanctify, then they rely upon. We the few defying ones. Sean C. I have no idea who that is. To dialogue before the roar of the riot horns. I wonder on which side of the lines I belong. Lady Liberty, face full of concern. I'm half master killer and half you master killer. Half master killer, half you master killer. Black Thought is actually like, he's probably the best rapper at name dropping famous people in his in his raps and making it not fucking corny at all. He does it so often with his raps nowadays, like always incorporating like 
Great. Iconic fucking black figures and shit. Like, he's dope at it. His freestyle on Funk Muscle Flex. That's like a high water mark of fucking rap achievement. Like, uninter- 10 minutes of uninterrupted fire bars without a single mistake. New shit. Like, it's, it's, that, I love that moment because that was a moment where I felt like people really started recognizing Black Thought as being one of the greatest to ever do it. And I feel like, uh, generally, since the uh, since the roots first came out, people just they thought of Black Thought and say, "Oh, he's a good rapper." But he's been on my like personal top five or top ten, I should say, since uh, Things Fall Apart came out. And I find it uh, I find it really dope that now he's getting respect. I've seen a hip hop DX video talking about how is he the goat? And uh, while I think you know that's that's a fun conversation to have the point is not so much whether or not he is it's that he's getting questioned people are questioning if you should put him up there and uh i see him as just a master of the craft and when you think about it he may have like out of everybody in the world right now he may be rapping more than anybody else ever he raps five nights a week on the fucking uh, on, on the jimmy fallon show he's performing five nights a week for years now and also considering just his work with the roots for the past 30 years i think that he's just a fucking a god mc yeah, and for sure. this is not something that is can be replicated that this right. is something that is just uniquely his ability to to do and and uh he's fucking great for that man Man, it still uh still blows my mind because let's let this play it'll be a little you can be simultaneously president it still blows my mind to see the roots on jimmy fallon it's fucking weird right yeah it's weird as shit to me especially growing up being a huge roots fan and then seeing seeing them in this kind of setting it's like I did not expect to see you guys. Like there. a house band. Yeah. I mean, that it's not like they, they are, are <laughs> right? It's a fucking crazy thing. Yeah. I mean, the first time we saw it was the uh, Spike Lee movie uh, Bamboozled. Yep. They were the house band for the fucking Mantan show, which is not a good look. But this is a phenomenal look. And I love yep. that, you know, all of them must be just very financially well off uh, and their children and maybe their children's children. So I think that's a boon. That's a that's a good thing for um, for them. So we're up. Who who uh, who got next? Just now, this is just like a, a random music share. Uh, I, I if you want to play some of the the joints that you did or you did, I love when we have artists come in and do that type of stuff. So I think yeah. I was listening to uh, to uh, that SZA rework that you put together. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that shit is fire, man. Thanks, man. I'm just gonna play my homies track, uh, which I've been listening a lot recently. The con- is it? Oh yeah, turn sorry. Down? Yeah. Who is it? Uh, this is uh, our Bobby Bellwood track called "Send Send Love," remixed by Kujimoto Tetsuro. Mm. Is uh, also part of a Cosmo Forty Four Crew. Uh, Summers is also in the crew. Tell and me more about that. And Dude, this is the alias of. Source eighty one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there, okay. I think there's a project. You know, Origami Productions. Or uh, there's an artist called Mabanua in the label. Is 
great artists. And then uh, Oregon Production started this home uh, recording session during this quarantine era. They uh, put out some instrumental or vocal a cappella, so producers can work on the lay on lay the vocal on the track or mm. produce uh, around the a cappellas. So our society will in any case Bobby Bellwood uh, went, uh, went ahead and uh, put the vocal on top of a uh, Noah's track okay and then he also distributed his acapella to fellow producers and um, there's so many remixes came oh, in word. came out during this uh band camp day and this is one of them then it's my favorite oh this is really yeah. dope it's a really cool concept he basically reached out to all his friends and was like look here's this acapella everybody do a remix if you want and we're all going to release our remixes at the exact same time hmm. so he ended up with like i don't know how many it was was it like eight for eight, now eight and for it's now? still more to come yeah and then there's another batch of uh, remixes yeah. oh, that's really next dope. week yeah i think hujimo tetsuro is one of the most underrated producers in japan producer in japan definitely he's not active on sns or anywhere so it's hard to find him but if you are have time please do listen to his old track or latest track his production is amazing he has i ne i never uh n met any producers who makes it sound like Kujimo Tetsuro does yeah I, I agree I, i'm not familiar with him. he's very like kind of neo so the way he plays keys and his like bass lines and chords are very like soulful and uh the way he produces can be like some like this right now which is like very early 90s late 80s stuff and then other stuff can be like almost halftime uk dance music like garage music and stuff wow. i don't know he's he's super talented he's uh yeah. oh, this sounds great yeah anyone that goes to soundcloud or bandcamp if you search his full name fujimoto tetsuro he actually has a bunch of really great stuff that's yeah. not relatively known so yeah he's really good sauce 81 so who is this person so nobu sauce 81 is a producer singer singer and he was a member of he he was in the red bull a music academy the same time as like teebs and a bunch of other people he uh he releases stuff with who does he have project man he has he has quite a lot of uh, projects he recently this album was shingo 2 yeah shingo 2 yeah um that's really oh let me put on some uh yeah. some beats here but yeah uh, i've seen the name but um i also had a homegirl who went by 81 sauce and when i saw that i was like yo who like are you this other person she's like no that's not me and i was like oh yeah. well there's a conflict there but you know shout out shout out to her i don't think she uses it anymore but that's the first time i saw uh sauce 81 yep. and uh i had no idea yeah he's uh he speak english yeah yes. he his english is bring him to the show really, really good Bring oh man, he would, he would love to. He just moved back to Tokyo fairly recently. Oh yeah, I would love to have him on, man. Man, he um yep. He's a great dude. He makes yeah. great fucking music and yeah, he works with some great fucking other Japanese artists from like uh Yeah, he's kind of an artist who's also known more outside of Japan. Okay. Yep. Rather than inside of Japan, but he's yeah. released some stuff, some funk soul stuff on Egglo Records. Yeah. In the UK, uh, he's worked with some really 
big Japanese kind of neo soul esque kind of artists. Um, yeah, man, his stuff with his hey. stuff released through Mabinua's records, like you said, Origami. Yeah. Play something else from him if you guys do it. Let's do that. Hell yeah. Um, you want to play? There you go. And he's a, is also founder of Cosmo Polyphonic, one of the co-founders. So he's like... Cosmo uh, Polyphonic? Yeah, OG for me. N- and both of you are in this crew as well? Um, around them, I'm not exactly oh, a okay. member of it, but yeah, I mostly hang out with the member. Okay. Hold on. Are you going to play... We're good to go. You okay. Can, uh, you can play that. That was a weird little break, but you know, just <laughs> deal with it, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. Uh, this is Sauce eighty one and Mabanua, who are two Japanese super. Oh no, it's a uh, group man. Sorry, sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. This is a uh, Groove Man Spot and Sauce eighty one. They have a project called Seventy Seven Carat Gold, and this is from their record uh, a couple of years back called Sunshine, and it's really dope. This is like a, this is a part of, these are, it's like a Tokyo community type of thing? Or J- Japanese? Japanese. Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Are they, are they mostly located in Tokyo or? They're both located. Uh, uh, I think by so. Tokyo, I mean like the general Kanto okay. area. Groomman's Spot lives in Sendai. Sendai, yeah. Okay. And Source 81 lives in Tokyo. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this like uh, community in in the community out here. So thanks for hipping me to this. Like, uh, we we took a break and played some more music and and, and use the restroom and they played some other stuff. But yeah, I'm really interested to hear, learn more about these guys and and uh, maybe even have some of them in as guests if possible at some point. This is dope. It's also a thing that I really enjoy about like uh, some of the the musicians within the kind of beat making community, so right. to speak. I, I had on Ra Ra Raj uh, a couple weeks back, and you know he's making this music that is to, would be on the same type of playlist that you would be on, submerged like the kind of chill hip hop sometimes, uh, lo-fi beats shit. But one thing that makes it stand out, you know, you know UN he is like the the instrumentation that comes into it. It's not just sampling some anime or some orchestral thing and throwing some dusty drums over it. It's there's a musicality there. And with this clearly there's musicality. Like yep. this is not a sample. No. This is somebody playing and and uh, game recognized game. Like you know yeah, what I mean? Oh, like for sure, it, it sounds it's different. It's it, it's power. it's it's dope. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people that are kind of associated with these guys and in, and in their their immediate field of like genre of hip hop out here in Japan are more known for the uh, multi instrumentalist kind of stuff. Mm. Like a lot of them play keys and drums and 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 they they're in other little bands and projects and they collab and they produce for like soul singers and. They don't seem like the young kids with snapbacks and backpacks yeah. in clubs with the 404 making that kind of uh, beat stuff. But there, there's a there's a whole wealth out there of their music. What what uh what is this off of this album? This I think this is self-titled, right? This album. Oh no, it's called Wanna Wanna Funk with You. Okay. I, I've just pulled him up on Spotify and I'm looking at uh some of his work here. 
This album is under their uh, their alias 77 Karat Gold. Okay. On Spotify. This is really dope. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that one of them doing the vocals as that well? That is Source 81. Oh yeah, that motherfucker is. You know, play toss and turning. He's smooth yep. shit. Yeah, play oh, it, play it all, please. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite moments in uh, drunken late night Tokyo things is going to karaoke with Source 81 while he sang uh, "Boys to Men." Uh, Can you stand the rain? Super loud. Oh yeah. At 3 a.m. That was pretty, pretty good night. <laughs> I heard he was doing back vocal for uh, Ayumi Hamasaki. Oh yeah. oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? He's that good of a vocalist, huh? Yeah. He's great, man. He, um, yeah. This is a oh. uh, track from the same album called Tossing and Turning. I think it's cover of, uh, what was it? In fact, let me come in on that because uh, if I play it on my phone, uh, the the music drops out when we're talking. Okay. Uh, it, it, there we go. Oh, almost a seamless transition. <laughs> yeah, go. that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, really dope. I'm, I've added it to my pile of dope that I keep on my phone. So I'll just <laughs> fucking keep it there. Yeah, let's keep going into it, though. That See, that's one of the wonderful things about Tokyo is, like, there's so many back alleys and things right. happening that you're not aware of. Like, I've yeah. quite literally never heard of these projects right i've heard the name sauce 81 but you know right i, I feel like in J- one thing i've always noticed in japan is that people's self-promotion is less ruthless than ours can be in mm. other cities in the west yeah i i mean the people that i get advertising from on like instagram yeah are people who are not in tokyo sure like mm. that um real japanese hip-hop uh page shout out to them they do pretty good work and highlighting a bunch of rap music out here but that's like a french uh a french organizer and i think they're located in france their website is you know it's all french so i don't get any info for them but i'll see them you know promoted and sponsored and they've got quite a bit of following i've i uh this month i'm trying to create an audiogram every other day to kind of celebrate a milestone and listeners for us but i've never tried to sponsor anything and 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 because for the first two years we didn't share anything on instagram i've only got like 650 followers but yeah uh i think i'm gonna be more aggressive like western style later this year yeah it's a weird thing though it feels kind of lame to me to do that but i guess you got to i, I already put the time into the shit you know yeah man we we've got like recently we hit like 40,000 listeners and we've not spent a dollar on any advertising and we for the first two years basically we didn't do any promotion like we might share one episode every two or three months and we never asked people to share it or anything so all of our growth has been word of mouth so i'm quite happy with my little 40,000 listeners hell yeah dude. uh but but yeah I, I i wouldn't mind having a little bit more Dude, I think it's great. I think the, the you're, you're providing a, a great service and you're, you're finding work. And for myself, being an expat that lives in Japan and, and, and seeing someone working hard to bring people together and spread each other's music, the, the, what we're doing out here as well is super appreciated and great. And Thanks, fam. I wish more people would pull together to, to push the Tokyo scene 
I'd like to see it happen more, but it's difficult because everybody's so busy with their own to-do list, you know? Yep. But but it is a, a an important thing for me to play local artists, promote local artists. That's that's more important to me than playing the new Black Thought most of the time, you know what I mean? Yep. And so, yeah, to hear about cats who are really dope doing it out here is, is dope because, you know, I support everybody's music, but I don't like everybody's music. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when some shit comes out that's dope, that's even better for me. And this shit sounds like just dope off rip. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Shout out to everybody making music, though, man. I mean, it's a creative process. If it's you, then it's you. Like, yep. you know, I don't mean to be... Like I said earlier, I'm not sure if we were on mic when we were talking about it, but I get pretty pretentious when it comes to my high art shit. Like, I just... It's a it's a reflective... Uh, reflexive acts... Uh, reflexive reaction when people are like yeah what you like comic books i'm like wait a second let me tell you about these high water marks in fucking storytelling so i get really pretentious i like to use words like baudrillard yeah, when yeah, i'm talking yeah. I about k-pop and shit i i, I feel that maybe people from fukuoka mm-hmm. feel the same way when you say uh i, I like ramen mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like hold on yeah yeah wait what do you know about that what do you know about ramen? yeah I don't know much about ramen, but there's one specific type of ramen in Fukuoka. So every time we go eat ramen in Tokyo, it's so many variety of styles. So like, it feels like that's no, I expect it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's not real ramen. Not it's real. It's not ramen I'm in not the sense <laughs> of like what you know, right? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Where, uh, where do you kind of fall in? Like, uh, so like for the main three, like shio, shoyu, tonkots or uh, miso what were you at tonkotsu like i think okay. i'm n- not sure now but like 90 percent of ramen shop in fukuoka is tonkotsu fukuoka is known for tonkotsu ramen that's what so. i fuck with too yeah it's like the, the most hardiest you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah that's where i fuck with yeah, yeah. good winner uh ramen i think no doubt no yeah. doubt you i don't like eating ramen in the summer so i haven't had ramen since like february or some shit mm-hmm. but yeah how you guys doing with the coronavirus everybody's good yeah hopefully having no you guys haven't been going to any of these soap lands right here in Ikebukuro that's where uh, <laughs> that's where the virus is spreading now like know, the number man. was the highest that it yeah. had been in uh, since May yeah. or maybe even higher than the numbers in May yesterday it was like 234 yeah. yeah and and uh, quite a few of those cases came from here in Ikebukuro I heard that the what what's this ward what is the Ikebukuro ward Toshimaku Toshimaku I heard that the Toshimaku ward government have made a non-official mandatory wear a mask thing oh really yeah i I read this yesterday oh good i mean i'm not sure if they have like uh the power to implement no i don't i don't think it's official or like they can really do much but they're really trying to push that this is like a a thing that this ward is specifically Mm. doing oh that's good um it's 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 a strange thing man um uh, from what I understand, a lot of the outbreak that happened in Kabukicho is from those kind of red light district businesses. Mm-hmm. And once they shut down a lot of those clubs because of the virus, a lot of the people who were employed there came to their, you know, the other businesses here um, to, to work. And so it's also been a reason that right. it spread through these two kind of uh, degenerate communities <laughs> of, you know, sex work and everything like that. Which, you know, there there wasn't much of a um, government assistant for these type of businesses in the first place. No. So there's no incentive no. for them to 
to shut down. It's bullshit. Man. I think the way they treat the people that work in this industry is fucking terrible. It it really is like the the redheaded stepchild, so to speak. Like they allow it to operate, but then when it comes into light that they have to acknowledge it operating, oh. they make it seem as though it's something that they wouldn't want to be operating. But you know, they allow it, and 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 I think that they should. You know, I. Mm. Uh, Sex work is an important fucking industry. Oh, yeah. And the more legal it is, the safer it is for people participating in those industries. Yep. So, dude, Aust- you know. Australia, their, their sex workers get full med care, dental, everything. That's a smart thing to do. And that's we're, we're, we, I think that we've learned enough from history that prohibition of these type of things only leads to um, more ills on society. Yep. Whether it comes to drugs, um, drugs, sex work, or any of these kind of black market kind of uh, businesses, it, it really just creates more crime, uh, creates more violence, and creates you know all, all the things that we want to avoid. Sickness, like in this situation. And it, uh, it appears that the, uh, the Japanese, or maybe I should just say the Tokyo government, they, they are to the point where it's like, well, shit is bad, but we really don't have the infrastructure or the money to continue shutting shit down. So I hear that they're giving incentives now for businesses that operate in that industry. Like, if you shut down, we'll help you. But for the rest of us, like, I still got to go to work. And I'd rather not be at work, but the government's not going to give me no money. Like, I got to put food on this table and keep these walls around my family. So I, I get that approach even in America where it's nuts, but it seems also as though people in America are not so concerned about going back to work for... Uh, to pay their bills as much as they are going back to get haircuts and sit in the movie theater. Yep. Mm. It's a weird thing. That is a weird thing. Especially movie theaters. <laughs> I mean, movie theaters are still open here in Japan, too. Yeah. Yep. I heard they're uh, to keep them running because there's not much new movies being released. They're going to stop playing classics like Blade Runner and things. Oh, shit. Well, if in they play Japan. Akira, I'm going. That I would go. is a thing. I've never seen yeah. it on a big screen before, and I would be super down to see. Yeah, I just watched it. Um, my wife's never seen it before, uh, so we just we watched it the other day, and uh, man, that film still holds up super well. Oh, I've not I've not seen it for like 15 years, but mm. holy crap, it, it holds up well. It's a it's a it's a true classic film, and not even in terms of a, uh, animation, but in terms of just fucking film yeah like it it is a genre defining piece of artwork in the same way that blade runner is or citizen kane or vertigo or you know what i mean so i fuck with it heavy what other what other hobbies you guys got well i know we're comic book and video game fans well what else do you do uh, i play games uh recently i watch a lot of footballs football soccer yeah soccer okay the original football yeah, the correct football. <laughs> I, I feel you. Like I, I don't watch American uh, fucking uh, bludgeon ball or whatever we should call it, the real name should be. I don't know. I don't watch it. I, you, got, I've been. I'm happy that MMA is you know happening. I like watching MMA. I'm not much of a team sport guy, so I don't know. Do we have any? Oh, you have a song to share, Submerse, Before we I get do. out of here, I do. You, your own personal choice. I would be interested in hearing some of your new shit, but if you want to hold back on that, that's fine. I, the only place I have that right now is Dropbox, and they are full web files, and it may cut out. So I okay. think I'll wait till next time. Okay. If that's cool. When you release it, let me know. 
I will. For Maybe sure. we can bring you in with a guest and you can have an opportunity to share that shit too. Nice. I. Yeah. What rap shit you've been listening to, Submerse? I know you're on the same wavelength with me with uh, Rock Marcy. Did you listen to the new uh, West Side Gun or the oh, Stove did. God Cook shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah? That's dope. I've been playing the. Uh... You fuck with Mike? Mike? Just Mike. Just Mike. Yeah. I don't think I know. M I K E. Just Mike. Oh, can I can we play some later? Please. Matt, this, dude, 327 uh, still been one of my most played tracks recently with Tyler the Creator. Yeah, that um, um, we did an album review of that uh, Pray for Paris album. Nice. I like a Euro step off of that. Joint. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell and yeah. The, the premiere joint. Yeah. Um, that beat sounds like something I want to hear like Jay Z over, actually. There's a. Uh, guy i've been listening to for a while called amine okay mm. yeah he's really I, dope i I, uh, uh, I avoided listening to that person because i was like i don't know how to pronounce your name correctly <laughs> so i'm just gonna not fuck with you at all <laughs> he's uh quite a young cat who had more bouncy kind of trap stuff and i saw him at a festival last summer in seoul and he killed it and he was great and he has this new track out called shimmy okay which is really dope I'm all down for it. Ah, man, man. Ah, man, 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 man. What's up? Ah, yeah, yeah. It's been a whole year, my nigga. Let's not front. It's my year, my nigga. I'm here to fuck up your whole career, my nigga. Don't play dumb, dummy. You know what's the deal, my nigga. A lot of y'all fake flex, nigga. That is not your necklace. And that whipping yours, nigga. That's the IRS. I'm bigger than Texas. Me this is doper than I was expecting. This is really different than his other stuff. Mm. The video is super dope, too, right? Shimmy, shimmy, y'all niggas get no applause. I'm looking like wealth, so mommy want them in Nas. Y'all niggas really hate it. Get off my dick and my balls. Ah, oh, y'all niggas ain't worthy. Y'all don't pay dues. Y'all niggas pay up and thirsty. You thought you made an anthem, but you just saying you a Fergie. Too many niggas biting, I might need me 10 attorneys. Just because you bought that vintage Margiela. Don't change it. Yeah, this is uh, to Delta. Y'all niggas dress like you just came out the store. I got my This is dope. Like fella, not you know, I, I was talking to uh, the last podcast guest. I find myself um, avoiding certain types of music that talks about some certain types of content. Mm. It's one of the reasons I've getting I've been getting kind of tired of Griselda. It's just like the same drug, drug rap references, high fucking quality clothing references, and having money references. And um, it kind of it's dope for me at certain times, like when I'm about to go out and chill with the homies right. but as something is just like creating a new headcanon for me on a day-to-day -day basis i find that i'm always listening to the more the more weirdo like art shit or personal yeah, shit sure. that's, or shit that talks about things that are of consequence to me right you know so i, I feel yeah. like recently like <laughs> i've complained a lot about some of the newer like rap trap stuff that i really like and i'm like i don't relate to any of these lyrics you know they're talking yeah. about like balenciaga gulls uh lean cars all this stuff i'm like i don't relate with this stuff like i used to and then i'm like wait a minute did i really used to relate with the wu-tang clan because i'm pretty sure i didn't i don't think i've ever related with what rappers have really said but 
I don't know where it is. Maybe it's just the message that they were actually saying was like more interesting to hear their voice. Sure. Than what they were actually saying than now. But yeah. I get that. Yeah. But yeah, it did make me think like, when did I ever really like relate <laughs> to like? <laughs> I I think like um you know, uh, not that all the music that I listen to is something that I have to relate to or I don't think people have to. It's but but it's been a conscious decision in my life to pursue more music that I kind of relate to when it comes to the Wu-Tang Clan like that was the formative music for me and also I used to identify as a 5% or 2 so there's some of that in there as well and um, but but all of it is not about that right a lot of it's about selling drugs which sure. I've never done on any scale that is notable other than selling eighths of weed to smoke eighths of weed type <laughs> of shit so I get it but at, since the early 2000s I haven't really listened to primarily to a lot of stuff i actually just got into more drug rap shit after i started doing the podcast but for years i would listen to a jay-z album to be informed about a jay-z album say okay. with like a kanye or something yeah just so if it came up in conversation i had a frame of reference and some of those songs i did genuinely like but i couldn't tell you like five little wayne songs or right. some shit like that but yeah when it comes to the modern rap like this guy's making music at the same time as like Griselda and like Mike, sure. but you know, different wavelengths for sure. Is this the same song? This is the same, this different song, same guy. Oh, okay. It's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's catchy. Yeah. It's got a, it's a, what did it say? It's got a, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> is it a bop though? How yeah. do we define bop? <laughs> bop is a weird one for me because like I, when I think of bop, I think of kids bop, which right. is like, uh, pop songs that were remade for kids in America. There was like a, uh, a compilation albums that used to come out. Like, wow, this is music 31. There was Kids Bop, where it would take like gin and juice and turn it into like orange juice and, you know <laughs> what I mean? And make it into a Kids Bop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Teeny Bopper is also sure. like a term that connotates towards like children. Right. So when I hear somebody say, oh, oh, that's a bop, the first thing I think is like, oh, yeah, that is some fucking music for children like some <laughs> some shit that is like a, a not very thoughtful maybe right. so yeah i fuck with that uh that that term and and i fuck with it just so i can be like oh yeah that's something i should avoid <laughs> let me play some weird shit man so this guy mike just came out with a new I'll, I'll play this and then we'll we can go out and shit but yeah this guy mike just came out with a new album um he raps a very kind of strange different way uh slow deliberate personal raps not talking about like money or shit mostly just his life or whatever but have you heard any of the new earl music that earl's been coming out with uh earl has essentially moved himself from the doris lane and uh i don't like shit i don't go outside lane into this lane that's being occupied by guys like mike and um, akai solo and slums and this more kind of offbeat slow deliberate personalized uh or very highly yeah. personal rap style but let yeah, me play one of these joints he's getting all is getting weirder and yeah. weirder yeah. and it's super interesting because I, I legit thought that once odd future blew up he would move in the direction more that tyler moved yeah. in or like any of the other odd future members that, that got really famous and every yeah. time he puts a project out he waits a bunch of time and then just releases yeah. some even weirder yeah. sounding shit progressively getting stranger and stranger yeah. and it's a it's a weird dichotomy between him and tyler because tyler hasn't gotten more conventional mm -hmm. he's gotten strange as well but it's almost like um it's almost like tyler embraced 
the money and kind of the uh, type of media environment that you need to operate in to, to grow as an artist in that lane. And Earl went underground and almost that same exact split that happened to hip hop in the late 90s, like just two different directions. And the artistry on both of them, Tyler's releasing some of his best music ever right yeah, but for sure. but and so is earl yeah. but man the contrast between them yeah. is night and day Indeed. and i gotta say i'm closer to liking earl shit than i am liking um tyler's tyler's let me let me uh let me play this beat and then i'll play a song featuring mike and and tyler i mean uh fucking mike and What's his name? Earl. Listen to this beat though. This is hard. I really like this beat a lot. It's fucking hard. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the song. Mike and Earl. See? I feel like Griselda also operates within this lane of kind of like offbeat single samples, strange loops that are not necessarily in the correct time signature with the drums. Yep. Uh, there's also a curious lack of drums in a lot of their uh, music. But this is so different than Griselda. Sure. You know? I feel like all this stuff, rock, much, uh, rock, match homie, ka. All these dudes have kind of carved out their own little scene of mm -hmm. just weird, their own shit. Mm -hmm. Some of it sounds like, especially like Rock's lyrics can sound like really hood and like gangster mm -hmm. shit. Mm -hmm. But then he's got this like soul sample that's cut in like a weird place. And then no drums, but just right. a snare that comes at every four bars. Right. It's really dope. It, and you know what's, what's interesting is because like from, uh, from a position of considering like... Uh, the lineage of East Coast hip hop, which is largely lyricism and sample based boom bap hip hop, these guys are still conforming to the kind of core ethics of that approach, but approaching it in such a different modern way uh, of sample manipulation and even rhyme styles. So, it, it, it to me, there's been a resurgence in East Coast hip hop that doesn't sound like the antiquated callbacks to boom bap of the 90s there's still a lot of cats is like you know like an elder sensei joint now is going to sound just like a, a modern take of a 90s track but this is also east coast hip-hop shit right and so like that i think one of the questions i tried to ask at the end of that um the first part of this like what do you think about these new subgenres of fucking rap music? I very much feel like this new East Coast resurgence is is kind of refreshing, uh, and and no longer do we have to look at uh, artists that came out in the '90s and say, ah, oh, this is real hip hop. Like, how is this new shit not real hip hop from the purest perspective? Which I don't hold, and I imagine you guys don't either, but. You know, the new shit is hip hop as fuck, right? Hell yeah. I think it's a cool time right now for for 
all these new genres because there's just something for everyone. Yeah. And I don't think has rap ever been this diverse. Has there ever been like someone like Tyler or like Rock who have got fairly big appeal? Even some of like um, Schoolboy Q. Is Schoolboy Q? Yeah, I mean he's an artist. What what are you trying to say? His the the diversity in his sound or like? Yeah, I yeah. I mean when you compare that to say somebody else who is also hip hop like Lil Uzi Vert, right. it's like completely night and day. Yeah. It's just there's so, such a wide spectrum. There's to, so uh, much uh, biodiversity within this under this umbrella of hip hop music now. Yeah. yeah. You you think about like um, music in the, the there's also so much more music now. There's probably more hip hop music that comes out in one month now than came out in a year or maybe maybe even I listened to 178 albums, new albums in 2018. That's probably more than five years worth of hip hop releases in the 90s that came out through major labels or whatever. And sure, there's underground shit all over the place, but there's so much fucking music now. Yep. There's in, in, a, in, in, in three years, the number of like lo fi hip hop albums that come out is probably more than 10 years of hip hop music in the 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like it's, that's, it's that's so a pretty so sad much. statistic, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it also speaks to like people's um, th- what causes the diversity, right? People yeah. just have access to the equipment. You no longer have a gatekeeping, uh, like money is a gatekeeping function of it. Like, yeah. it, it, and it, it, it causes issues in terms of quality and saturation, but also there's some real gems there. I never learned how to DJ when I was in high school because I never had the money for turntables. But now kids can buy a controller for $100 used off of eBay and start fucking really DJing. So it's, it's dope. I, you don't even need a beat machine to make beats. I know cats that are making like a... You guys know Kaigen? He's a beat maker out here we used to run fake four uh which is an american underground hip-hop thing fake four japan he makes music with meiso you guys know meiso yeah um but he made his last beat album all on a fucking computer like no hardware whatsoever and that's dope i guess yeah fuck dude didn't um is it twami or someone whole mixtapes on an ipad Oh fucking no! Um, but you know Mad what? Madlib, right? Yeah. Did Madlib do that? Too? Madlib's Madlib joint with a bandana with fucking Freddie Gibbs was all made on an iPad Pro. Oh, I think nuts. it's great, dude. Like, yeah. I can't Absolutely wait to where I don't need great. to buy a new laptop no more, and I can just <laughs> make everything on my phone. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, in fact, I'm just gonna go ahead and play some of these fucking Madlib beats off of an iPad. Like this is. An iPad. It, I, it really shows, right? Yeah. It's it's not yeah. it's, it's not in, about it's what you in, have. It's, it's about in there, right? Yeah. Well, that's one of the dope things about like back when you used to get a. It, it's almost it's almost a little bit crazier now because you have the ability to create like whatever. You you have like reason. You have samplers, everything, but the confines of a SP twelve hundred back in the day with only five two second sample banks, the restriction causes like new forms of creativity mm-hmm. which is why it's hard to achieve that sound now because you just have you can you can sample a fucking four 
uh, four measure fucking sample and just rock it. You know what I mean? But back then, no, nah, you got to put the record on, fucking, you know, play it super fast yeah. and then slow it down. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know, man. Man, I love so. the uh, producers in the in in early UK dance music from like Jungle and stuff. A lot of the people who made that music were quite rich or had quite rich parents because people couldn't afford samplers. Yeah. It's, it's a strange thing. Yeah. yeah. I guess that defines Aaron and add flavor to certain era. Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard to replicate uh, like we do it again right. at this point. So I guess that having all the access to all uh, software yeah. samplers and the laptop uh, would add more flavor in current music when you look at back after yeah. 10 years or 20 yeah, years it does. I guess yeah it has it like the music now has its sound like there's tracks that kind of sound like some Fruity Loops production mm-hmm. where they're using the similar yeah. same kind of sounds right Right. it's just the sound of the era like well, you know, that's why there's all these fucking uh, patches and plugins to make your shit sound like an old fucking analog <laughs> synthesizer and shit, right? Like, they, yeah. people want to have some of those sounds, but, you know, without the equipment. Yep. So. But this beat is fucking ill, right? This is yeah, dope. dope. Super dope. I don't have no... I ha- I've got two iPads in the <laughs> living room, iPad Pros, and... I wouldn't even know how to approach getting a sample in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's got, like, an, even an aux that I can fucking just, like, plug a mic into. So I don't fucking know. But, yeah, dope. I don't know, guys. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? We've been going for about an hour and 20 with this last segment. So, good? Yeah. All right. Well, fuck it. I want to thank you for coming through, stupid Kozo. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I smiled to myself a little <laughs> bit when I was like, yeah, stupid Kozo. Thank you for coming through, man. Uh, I hope to have you guys in here again. Submerse, as always, you're a fucking great co-host, and I always notice and appreciate that. Uh, thanks for coming through. I'm looking forward thanks, to man. seeing both of you guys in here when we finally get Sauce 81. Both of you guys should co-host that with me. Hell that would yeah. be cool. super cool. Yeah, love to. Yeah, maybe we can set that up for uh, August, September, or some shit like that, right? Let's do it. So, yeah, uh, tune in, Mega Late Show, Tokyo Hip Hop, Incredible Culture. <laughs> that was a weird drop out. But it didn't shut off this time, which is fucking nice. Usually it shuts off. I got to hit the boom, boom, whatever. But yeah, we're going to get some food and eat. And uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Tell me where to find you guys on social media. Uh, you can find me on. Instagram, stupid Anaba Kozo, obviously. Boom. Yeah, and also I, uh, like I said, I run a radio show called Abysmal Lunch. I've, I've been putting up mix uh, with the guests uh, monthly. So uh, search Abysmal Lunch on SoundCloud, and hopefully you rock with the sound I provide. Boom. 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 Add Submerse on Google. Just Google me. Yeah, I like how you dominate that. <laughs> you know, what's dope is like, uh, I like when I type in like a submerse into Spotify and then it has all these things that come up, but it also says like Mega Late Show, this person featuring submerse. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a part of something. <laughs> all right, let me find a beat to go out on to, man. I'll, here, uh, we were talking about here. Classic Prefuse. That's right. Today you probably learned something about that early beat scene. Yep. Do we call it that? Man. Wait, that's wait, how wait. This is. Intelligent beat yeah, scene. Oh, right. Intelligent <laughs> beat scene music. Yeah, that's the name of this episode. Intelligent beat scene music. But this is so good. 
2003 maybe 2003 man. we didn't know if we could call it hip-hop i know yeah. nobody else was doing this yeah. shit dude it's no he uh, especially prefuse is so like singular in his approach yeah. what, what's really what's really sad is oh shit we're talking more but <laughs> what's really sad is that like i stopped liking his music after a certain point he just stopped bringing things that i liked into it maybe he got too much equipment maybe man or he, yeah mega late show 